Oops. Shit. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Annie. And Gail. And this is Heroes. And Zero. A true crime podcast. Okay. Welcome. Hey, everyone. This is so exciting. We are sitting in our brand new podcast studio. The Pod Lab. It's the Pod Lab here Yay. at the Weaver household. Brian, um, Annie's amazing husband, he is. built this amazing studio while I was on vacation last week. Yeah, while she's sunning herself in Aruba and playing with pelicans and pelican poop. Close. It's flamingos. <laughs> oh, oh, shoot. Flamingos. <laughs> Once in a while, I call them penguins. Well, so it's well there you go. Um, but right. yes, uh-huh. I, he built this amazing studio. Annie then, like, totally decked it out with soundproofing and adorable decor. And then on top of it, Brian also orders this amazing new studio equipment. What is it again, Annie? Roadcaster Pro. Oh, we love it. We and love it's it. designed specifically for podcasters. Oh my gosh. Brian Weaver, we, we know love you're you. listening. We love <laughs> you so much. All right. Well, Annie. Yes. Let's get started today. Are you ready? All right, let's yeah. let's do it. Okay. Well, I have a question for you. Yep, sure. Okay. Where were you in 2014? I know, it's hard, right? 2014, I was doing photography in Winterset. Seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Were you living in Winterset then? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so here in the Midwest, in Iowa, it's really not that long ago when you think about it. No, No. it isn't. No. You know, I was, so you were living in Winterset. You Mm -hmm. were a photographer at the time, pro Mm -hmm. photographer. What were you doing photography-wise? Mostly seniors, but portrait photography. Awesome, awesome. I was living in Phoenix, I was Fun. co-CEO of a company. Cool. Lots of stress. I had begun hacking. So those are some hacking. Hacking. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what hacking was. but <laughs> Sometimes I get a little twang. So hiking. I began hiking oh. mountains. Oh, really? That's what you meant to say was hiking? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I would announce to the world that you were like a computer hacker, but okay, we're going to go with it. (laughs) For all of you that turned into true crime and you're hearing a comedy act, welcome. Um, Okay, so going back to it, yes, in seven years ago, not very long ago, and it may refresh to everybody that's listening, their memories, your memory and mine, some of the things that were happening in 2014. Okay. Okay. Refresh it. All right. First of all, the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge was taking place worldwide. I remember that. Yep. Remember that? Yep. Brought a lot of awareness. Um, and I remember I did a video. Did you do a video? I did not. I did one. It was very cold. Of course you did. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and I kind of did a takeoff of break dancing where she pulls the string on the water and it comes down. <laughs> it's oh my interesting. Gosh. It was interesting. If I were to do that, that's what I would want to do. I love that. Yes, yes. Also, during 2014, we had the Ebola outbreak. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, I think that's interesting. That begun because, of course, just recently in 2020, we had the COVID-19 outbreak, Mm -hmm. right? So Ebola had outbroke um, in 2014. Mm -hmm. And you may also remember that in Nigeria, uh, of course, Africa, a school of girls were kidnapped. I do remember that. Yeah, I do too. Well, guess what, though? What? There was another gruesome event that also took place. And I had never heard of this. And as I was researching, I stumbled across this, and it truly... It truly blew my mind, Annie, um, as it's so barbaric. 
it was such antiquated crimes and such uh, antiquated thinking, and yet it was only seven years ago in 2014. So in March of that year of 2014, the discovery of a forest and caves, and when I say caves, I really mean some dungeons. They were uncovered, um, they also in Nigeria, just like these. Oh, in, were, I was yep. going to ask where. Yep, in Nigeria. And this time it was in the third largest city in Nigeria. Okay. They have over 6 million people to kind of give you a little wow. background of how many people, right? Cramped. And um, it also is the capital city. And it's it was discovered um, these forests and these caves in March of 2014. It was discovered in Ibadan, which is in the southwestern state of Oyo. So all in Nigeria, okay. part of the states in Nigeria, and, and then, then the, the city, city of, of Ibadan. Yep, okay. absolutely. So did the discovery of this house of horror, or uh, later was dubbed and is now known as the forest of horror, um, really included rotting bodies and skeletons oh in gosh. abandoned buildings. It included reports, and now I read reports anywhere from 8 to 10 to 15 to 20. Okay? So let's say from 10 to 20 people had been found shackled together in oh leg gosh. irons. Holy crap. Or chains. They were, you know, being starved and were waiting execution. Holy cow. Reports also share that there were hundreds, hundreds of skulls and other oh body gosh. parts. Was this like war crimes or anything? Had nothing to do with... No. With- You're going to... It's just... That's why it's so barbaric and that's why it caught my attention so much is that, again, seven years ago, yeah. you would have think this taken place. And as we go through and we keep going through, you'll be so shocked at some of the other things that happened, too, that, again, you can't believe this is in our world just seven years ago. Right. Absolutely. So they found hundreds of skulls. They found other body parts scattered around the grounds. And the discovery does remain now one of Nigeria's most horrific, what they call kidnapper's den of all time. Like like sex sex human trafficking sex trafficking type of thing or torture oh my god kidnapping uh, rape uh, you name mm, it okay. horrific so on March twenty second in two thousand fourteen this horrific and grisly scene was discovered now there are a couple reports on how it was found one report said that some young men overheard a man crying for help from inside a building along a busy Lago Ibadan expressway. However, more credible reports, including the BBC, report that one or more commercial motorists, you know, um, I've been in Asia, a lot of taxis are motorcyclists. So you mm-hmm. jump on the back of a taxi, or I'm sorry, jump on the back of a motorcycle, right? So okay. um, when I say commercial motorcyclists, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, I'm not sure for sure, but the, that's like a taxi yeah. motorcycle, yeah. right? Or they're doing commercial deliveries on okay. taxis, right? Or on motorcycles. And so one or more of those motorcyclists alerted the police to the discovery. Now, now, from reports I have read, um, they were made of this um, uh, aware of this forest because of a fellow commercial motorcyclist 
had called from a cell phone saying he was kidnapped or he was and he was going to be killed. And others say that several motorcyclists were missing under suspicious circumstances and they stumbled across this forest after complaining to police for years. Holy so there's cow. a lot of different ways, but it sounds like the reason it was eventually discovered was a persistent commercial motorcyclist who from what I hear, his buddy had a secret cell phone that he didn't give the kidnappers and was calling him and saying, I'm underground. Oh, my Remember gosh. Remember the caves? And they just ignored all the other reports? I don't. I have a feeling that it is not the safest place to visit or live in from all right. my research. So, uh, yes. So you can't keep, trust the law enforcement to actually be there for you? I'm maybe. not sure that I would on this one. No. Well, yep, absolutely. So it wasn't, it wasn't uh, restricted to just... Men or women, it was just anybody? Well, the dis- I'm glad you asked, because the discovery came with findings including children and adults' clothing, okay. household items such as rugs and mats, wallets, travel bags, clothes and footwear. Holy cow. Children's toys, ATM cards, driver's license, and even passports. So I imagine it was all for money that they would kidnap these people or well, maybe the fun of torture. I'm just going to let you tell the story then. Well, the more gruesome discoveries, know. Annie, though, were, yes, they, those were already gruesome to know they found children's toys and clothing and, you know, passports and everything of of, of someone belong. Someone right. had, that was somebody's belongings. Right. But the more gruesome discoveries really included butchered body parts from tongues to breasts. To vaginas. Oh my gosh. Decomposing bodies, um, skeletons, Jeepers. chains. They said charms. So I'm going to go into that in a minute too. But also concrete slabs for rape, torture, and killing. Oh my gosh. Witnesses reported swarms of flies and an overpowering stench I in bet. the area. However, some of the most gruesome findings were the malnourished, emaciated human beings looking like living skeletons who were all shackled and waiting to be executed. Oh, my gosh. You know, some of what happened inside the building within the forest may never be known. And I shouldn't say building, buildings. However, one survivor shared that he watched two men slaughtered like cows right in front of him. Another survivor named Ottawell, now he did not reveal his full identity, Um, he was in shock at the time when he shared this. He um, was or is a high school IT teacher. So, again, this all sounds like it's in a third world country. We're talking this is an IT teacher in high school. Um, He was um, in the Aluco area of Lagos, and he told a reporter in November of 2016, which he was still in shock, that things were horrific and uh, some of the things he shared might serve into a little peek of what happened there. So he shared that he had boarded a yellow commercial bus from the Alukaku area of Sango. So again, forgive me, I'm not going to have all my pronunciations right. But what seemed like an ordinary ride turned really quickly turned into a nightmare. First, the conductor brought out a knife and ordered that all passengers surrendered their valuables. 
It's, however, soon got worse, he shared. As the driver headed over Sango Bridge and passed their Sango destination, he continued at top speed with a man um, with the knife, a knife, daring anyone to as much make a sound or movement. And really, he said to cut the short story short, they ended up in a forest where they had them take off their clothes, and they had them shaved within minutes. Oh, my gosh. How terrifying. I know. Right, Annie? I can't, I can't even imagine. I agree. Um, I agree. Soon after, a rough... He, and then he goes on. He goes, soon after, a rough-looking guy with bushy hair came back. He seized one of us, the elderly man among us, the elderliest of us all. He took him into the house... He brought him back out, and right before our very eyes, he slaughtered him like a cow. Oh, my gosh. He severed his head in the process. I knew it. (laughs) I was horrified and went numb with shock, is what he said. By far, it was the most gruesome thing I had ever seen in my life. He told us that one of the two women among us screamed in horror. You know how it is with women. She could not bear the sight. Then the man, the executioner, he looked at all of us and he said, I brought him here so you can all see the fate that awaits you. Good grief. Wasn't giving him any instruction like, okay, don't do this or don't do that. Just this is what's going to happen to each Take one off of you. your clothes, shave your hair, and you know, if, shackling If you, you really up. wanted people dead and you just wanted their money and you didn't enjoy just the kill of it, they wouldn't do any of that. They would just machine gun them all down at once. Well, no, they love the the sadistic torture of it. It is, and you'll find out because <clears throat> here's the interesting part. Okay, there's a, so many interesting twists and turns here that the discovery of the forest of horror. Uh, really generated great controversy throughout Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a concern between the kidnappers and what I would call the ritualists, right? Mm-hmm. Kidnappers, because obviously if they're killing, torturing, uh, kidnapping, uh, raping, it's a very seems very ritualistic. Mm-hmm. And so they think that many people thought there was a concern between the fact that those kidnappers slash ritualists and top government officials, and notable politicians in the state. There was even a claim by the youth in the area of the Oyo State um, that the police refused to investigate the forest despite several kidnapping Mm. cases reported in the area. And some survivors even said the kidnappers claimed to be officials of the Urban Renewal Initiative coordinated by the Oyo state government. Holy cow. It definitely raised questions on the security of the state and the needs to strengthen it. In fact, most believe, Annie, that the kidnappers and ritualists are well known and they're patronized by affluent Nigerians um, and politicians who use human flesh for rituals. So many people. So everybody had a job to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Kidnapping victims. Um, I mean, it's, it's truly um, amazing. In fact, um, um, local media even reported that human body parts were being sold to customers who came to the premise late at night. You know, kidnapping victims in Nigeria are sometimes tortured or sacrificed 
in black magic rituals and the sale of human body parts is not unusual. Oh my gosh. What Again, the heck? <laughs> I keep I've said seven that, oh years gosh, ago. That's like okay. Seven years ago, right? It, that's what blows your mind. That's why I want to keep everybody remembering this. Where were you in 2014? Because yeah. this was going on. Now, in an opinion piece by Coyote Ketafi, he shares that the confirmation of the reality of this cannibalistic subculture that we've always known to exist among us. He he goes on to say. The development is just a reminder of the ever-existing, if not growing, culture of ritual killings in our country. It is a practice that has unfortunately become a regular occurrence. Few months prior to this being discovered, the chilling report of a cold-blooded ritual murderer, uh, or murder of a young woman in the Ifo area of the Ogon State, the woman's corpse was deposited in the middle of the road after the head had been cut off. Her stomach had been ripped open apparently to extricate the organs considered useful for ritual purposes. Oh my gosh. Like black magic, I suppose? The poor woman's corpse was showed um, also that her left ankle was amputated. Okay. Uh, again, it might be known as a luck charm. Another sad um, case he also reminded us of was there was an, uh, a, they call it a 100-level accounting student. Not really sure what that means, but I'm sure some type of, like, uh, major or something, 100-level mm-hmm. accounting, um, from what they call the Ladoki Akintola University. Okay. And this woman was declared missing for a few days, only for her corpse to be find, found behind a popular guest house in June of 2013. And again, the reason I'm sharing this is that many parts of her body, including her brain, her vagina, her breasts, have been removed by her killers. I don't even know how you would do that. I don't want to learn. No, no. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm, I'm a visual person. So <laughs> I know. It is. I'm oh sure many gosh. people are visualing us. You know, the cases of ritual-inspired cruel murderers, like I shared, are not rare. Apart from proven murder cases, there are also numerous incidences of sudden disappearances where victims were never seen or heard of again. Katifi also says the problem is far more rampant than we used to envision. The truth is, in almost every major market in the country, there is a thriving underground market that runs parallel to it, which specializes in the purveyance of human body parts. I'm going to say that again. Holy He says that the truth is, in almost every major market in the country, there is a thriving underground market that runs parallel to it, which specializes in the purveyance of human body parts. What the F? These range from head, hearts, brains, tongue, to the breast, men's private parts, you name it. Because these items are purveyed in, like, virtual markets rather than the real market, um, though the physical location may be the same as the virtual, the uh, uninitiated who want to purchase them for whatever reason. So let's say I tried to purchase them, but I really don't know how, but I figured out how. Mm you know, they may, you know, be prowling the market from morning till night without seeing anything to buy because 
without the use of coded language and signs, uh, yeah. the dealers that deal these human body parts won't budge an inch. Even if they have full stocks of contraband human parts and they pay tons of money, unless they know the coded language and signs, um, most dealers will only sell to accredited agents. Again, think about what this gentleman's telling us. Accredited agents of of, of the go-between of, um, of, you know, selling human body parts. Okay, they're for sale for whatever reason a person would want to buy them. But there's some underground secret coded language that they have to use in order for them to be basically accredited to purchase. Otherwise, you could be, I don't know, CIA. Correct. <laughs> for whatever they, whatever they call them in Nigeria. Now, the practice mm-hmm. of these ritual killings that you had asked, you know, why, why yeah. um, is in, 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 it's really tied to the belief that these human parts are vital ingredients for money-making rituals or acquisition of some mystical powers. You know, some politicians also uh, patronize the human parts black market for the latter purpose. They think that they'll give it some mutual, mystical powers and make some money. Um, and, um, you know, it truly is an indictment of Nigerian moral character that despite the proliferation of churches and mosques, this illicit practice of callous killings of fellow beings for envisioned selfish gains, he says that just keeps soaring. Now, really, the strange belief that human body parts could be used to procure money in some supernatural way mm-hmm. or procure electoral advantage or obtain some superhuman feat in any way mm-hmm. is a belief really rooted in outright ignorance. That's what I was thinking. Unfortunately, though, it is this irrational belief itself that is sustaining the market rather than the potency of the ritual. That was exactly what I was thinking. That it, the irrationality of this, the whatever you want to call it, the black magic, the the rituals of their own religion. I, I don't know. Yeah, but it's it's pure fucking crazy. Super yes, it's pure superstition thriving on a lack of enlightenment. Now, you know, um, he also goes on to share that um, many perpetrators, this guy wrote a great um, piece about this, and he goes on to share that many perpetrators of this horrifying practice have been arrested, prosecuted, sentenced to long-term imprisonment or death. Many have been executed to serve as a deterrent to others. And yet it still keeps happening, right? Exactly. The fact is that the problem remains intractable only goes to prove that the best approach to eliminate this wickedness um, should not be restricted to just legal um, alone. More mm-hmm. importantly, it needs for it really shows the need for proper education and enlightenment. Yeah. Um, once people are made aware of the fact that dead human body parts would simply decompose if they have no inherent powers in them, and that nobody would get rich or obtain any power by making use of these parts in some godforsaken primitive rituals, the practices would eventually disappear. Yeah. You would hope. You would hope. Right. Um, so it's really amazing to I'm me. I'm kind of speechless. 
I was too. Why do you think that I ended up picking this as one of my very first stories to write about? Because it again blew my mind away of the archaic beliefs and thinking Mm -hmm. just seven years ago. And I know I've read reports since this that, you know, um, there'll be a story I'll find that says, oh, Two years after this, they found somebody else. Or a month after this, mm-hmm. they found another den. You know, so it is, I'm yes. not sure where we're at today, seven years later, but I know it was still a problem uh, four years ago, right? So, yeah. absolutely. Gosh. Now, the Oyo State governor, his name is Ebola. I don't think that's right. It's not Ebola. It's <laughs> A-B-I-O-L-A. Abiola? Abiola, I don't know. Ajumombi. Ajumobi. Ajumobi. I'm going to say Ajumobi, okay? That sounds very Um, Nigerian. I know, right? Anyway, he did visit the scene within the days of the discovery, and he assured those um, responsible will be punished. He was quoted saying, those behind this dastardly act will be punished by God. We, too, will punish them when we get them. And the police commander in Indabawa, it wasn't easy to get the names here, I bet. Um, told outlets, our men have taken over the entire forest and for an immediate probe into this horrific discovery. Now, the entire forest consisted of abandoned buildings and was adjacent to a plastic manufacturing factory. And the main building was believed to have been an abandoned construction company site. And besides the building, there was hundreds of caves or or dungeons that were also discovered, both to hold kidnapping victims, but also to hide the perpetrators. Um, Almost like a, uh, you know, system, a cave system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The police commissioner said, we have cordoned off the area with armored personnel carriers and men have been deployed. Several decomposing human bodies, butchered human body parts, and at least 10 people, remember how I said 10 to 20, Mm -hmm. have been found in inhumane conditions and were found in uncompleted buildings located on the forest. There is also a cave suspected of harboring criminals. He said a team of forensic experts had been deployed to the forest. I can assure you we'll get to the root of this, he pledged. Let's hope so. Well, he said that um, the victims, all the victims that were rescued, they were all terribly uh, emancipated, emaciated. Mm-hmm. Good God, help me out, Lord. <laughs> emaciated. Um, or emancipated. Well, whatever. <laughs> they didn't look good. Um, and they had been taken to the oh. hospital, right? Um, now, one of them, um, a woman died soon after. And I, I thought about that and just made me so sad, but at least... I'm hoping she had, and she may not have been conscious enough to even realize she had gotten saved and that, right. you know, she had oh. been found. However, others were said to have regained conscious following what one of them described as inhumane treatment and once-a-week feedings in the forest. Once a week. Jeepers. Some remain in a, now this, again, this report came from, you know, within days after the discovery. But Mm -hmm. at that time, some remained in a catonic state, um, a condition that psychiatrists Ola Biwi uh, mm-hmm. Raman blazed on the really blamed on the trauma they had suffered. I yeah. mean, obviously, yeah. um, a male victim named Nafiu Shitu 
said he had been kidnapped four months ago from Ibadan, the provincial capital of Nigeria's Oyo State, just like mm-hmm. I had shared. And he said that he had been sitting down after a day's um, hard work at work and when he was forced into a car by two men. That's all I can remember, he shared by phone. When I regained consciousness, I was in a room in the forest chained to a wall. I was too tired to struggle. As the days passed, I became frail because I wasn't given anything to eat, he added. Now, two other survivors, Nafiu Shitu, which I just shared, mm-hmm. and Titi Ademi, okay, gave some meaningful responses, suggesting they were mentally stable. Because there was some reports that maybe everyone that had been kidnapped was mentally ill. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so wasn't the truth. Um, um, going back to that first gentleman that said he was in the room, he said, I am a native of Ibadan, living in Foco and a Lodo area of Ibadan. I sold pile medicine, P I L E, peel, pile, pele. P I L E? Mm hmm. Okay. I don't really know what kind of medicine that is. I sold pile medicine to people in the city. I was doing business one day and I was kidnapped four months ago. After going around the area where I had customers, I felt tired and I decided to rest. It was at the gate area. Suddenly, a bus stopped at my side and two men came out and rushed me into the back seat. That was all I could remember. When I regained consciousness, I was a room in the forest chained to a wall. Mm -hmm. And he said earlier he was too tired to struggle and too frail as he wasn't given anything to eat. And when he asked if he was aware of his environment or surroundings mm-hmm. in the forest, he said, I am a normal human being. It is not possible for me to know where I was because I was in a room mm-hmm. all my days throughout captivity. He said, though, he was not the only one in that building, adding that people passed by it regularly as he heard conversations. Now, the other person, the, one of the other survivors, T.T. Adelini, um, was 45 years old and said, I live at Awalowo compound in Okibola, Ibadan. I am not mad because, again, they were really trying to help everyone understand they weren't crazy. They weren't right. mentally ill. Um, I am not an old woman. Two months ago, or that they were old and useless, right? Yeah. Uh, two months ago, I was in front of our house when some men grabbed me and said I was under arrest. Before I could protest, I was put in a bus and driven away. We did not go to any police station, and I still don't know how we reached the bush. However, I did have money with me, but they took it. I am 45, but in the few months I spent there, I aged quickly for the lack of care. We were fed once in a week. Wow. So I wonder if these people were targeted. They didn't just happen to drive by. They. It seems like they must have targeted the people that they were going to abduct because yes, I also think there were crimes of opportunity, though. Pro- it seems probably like when people that sat too. down, or, or yeah. you know. But um, how how would they just happen to be driving by, and maybe that's what they did? They just drove around, scoped out who was who was alone outside, and considering it's such a big market, and yeah. that this is going on I, I, again. It's it's yeah. mind blowing, um, and unfortunately, there was another woman. She was unidentified, but she also shared that she had just given birth less than a week ago, oh, but she no. did not know where the baby was that they had taken it. Oh, for her. 
I'm saying really bad words in my head. I know it's hard. Now there were crowds of of obviously residents were extremely curious, and so they really besieged on the state hospital, um, Yemitu in the Oyo State Capitol, mm-hmm. to see those rescued victims. The hospital had a hectic time controlling the crowds who remained resilient for hours in their determination to see the victims. But they were prevented by security personnel to ensure that the victims had some privacy and mm-hmm. medical personnel attending to them obviously weren't distracted. And that they were safe, that they wouldn't know the people, the crowds, were. there wouldn't be someone out there that was part of the group. People were pretty angry, Annie, yeah. though. Um, as I shared, you know, Governor... Um, Ajima Mobi um, mm-hmm. and heads of security agencies were at the Forest of Horrors within days. And a woman was allegedly killed there after they arrived by a stray bullet during a clash between a policeman and some youth. The main entrance to the forest was cordoned off by police to prevent more residents from thronging the site because not only did they besiege on the hospital, mm-hmm. they also just flocked to the site. Um, to hmm. see what was going on. Most people flocked there to find missing ones that had been missing right. to try to see, right? Well, that's good that the people knew where this place was because it kind of hurts business a little bit. Yeah, well, uh-huh. the main, right? The main entrance to the forest, though, was cordoned off by police to prevent more residents from, you know, going there. And okay. it had been attracting crowds since the news broke just a couple days before. Um, but the security agencies stopped people. And um, um, they had security agents, forensic experts, on-the-spots assessments of the forest. Um, Amazing. But I will say that on the way there, the crowd would, you know, they pulled over the police convoy, rioted. Um, They yelled, you know, the police are wicked. Um, Mm -hmm. They called for justice. Um, They had, you know, the police stationed themselves in armored personnel carriers, um, away from the entrance to prevent them getting hurt and from residents trying to enter. Um, and, of course, the governor urged residents not to take the law in their own hands. He promised to address the issue. And I'll talk about more of that law in your own hands in a minute. Um, Aji Moby, though, was, um, uh, you know, he was, he conducted the whole, he was part of, you know, the governor was really mm-hmm. part of the search that went all around the forest by security chiefs and he truly said he was sad at what he called a man's inhumanity to his fellow man Mm -hmm. visibly moved by the gory sight at the forest were many people that had been held hostage by yet unknown kidnappers (laughs) at the time he called for a minute's silence and he led prayers to the repose of the souls of those who died the governor announced now he then Reannounced the governor, same guy. He announced the revocation. So he revoked the certificates of occupancy on the expansive forest. So someone owned that forest, and he mm-hmm. revoked that. And they directed that the bush would be cleared, and that the entire area would be combed by security agencies to fish out the perpetrators and bring them to book. He said, "We came here with all the security chiefs." We have seen things for ourselves. It is surprising that such a thing existed here for a long time. Nevertheless, we will be taking the following actions. We'll revoke all the CNEs, right, the certificates of occupancy of the owners of the land, and the government is taking it over immediately. Okay? 
Then um, the governor announced the revocation. So he revoked what they call the Certificate of Occupancies of the Expansive Forest. And he directed that the bush be cleared. Um, he also pledged that the entire area would be combed by security agencies to really fish out the perpetrators and bring them to, to justice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, we came here with all the security chiefs. We have seen things for ourselves. And it is surprising that such a thing existed here for a long time. Nevertheless, we'll be taking the following actions. We'll revoke all the certificate of, o- of O, so the, the certificates of occupancies of the owners of the land, and the government is taking it over immediately. Then we will set up a panel of forensic experts. We will get to the root of this matter, and then we will find out those involved in the act. Even though we were told that the inhumane transactions here had been in existence for over 10 years. I wondered. Oh we my will gosh. dig it up. The governor said. Mm-hmm. He said it was unimaginable that this an event as horrendous as this had been going on in the neighborhood for over 10 years and that the people living in the area had not alerted security agencies about it. Now, wait a minute. 10 years? And they had. People they had, had gone to police. Um, but what I find is it when you think about when you hear the word forest and you hear a city of six million, the only thing I can envision is something like a central park, but obviously mm-hmm. not central park in Manhattan. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that there's truly a forest within a city that's, you know, not gone in very much um, that it could actually stand this, but, you know, be able to be there. So you can only imagine any. And by the way, I want to go back to that because this is where it blew my mind. When I started reading things like this, because, again, to me, it was so barbaric. It was so antiquated. And yet I thought there's no way then this place has, you know, the um, the technology right. and the advancements to do this. And then the more I started reading, I see forensic experts are coming in. I mean, all these things are happening that the one of the kidnapped victims was a professor. You know, you realize mm-hmm. this is not a third world country. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yet this has been going on for 10 years. To me, I'm it's a conjecture here, but it seems like people knew that it was going on. The, the right people that are now shutting it down. It seems like, I mean, I don't I don't know this cuz I've never heard the story before, but in order for it to have evolved and grown and become what it became. It almost seems like the right people knew about it, ignored it, and then it became so public that they could no longer ignore it and then have to go after the right people. So I'm sure the people that are going to be caught or captured or held responsible are going to be the scapegoats and certain people of power will be oh ignored and, and uh, congratulated for their good effort in Absolutely. whatever. You know, absolutely. And you can only imagine that the people of the city, the people of the area, the neighborhood, they were angry. Oh, I bet. Um, The youth in the area uh, acting on a tip that another victim, a cyclist, allegedly sent distress calls for help. They attempted to storm the main building in the forest. Um, And they, of course, were stopped by police who Mm -hmm. allegedly fired shots. And the youth said, a commercial motorcyclist is still trapped in the building, and we learned he sent a text message that kidnappers were about to kill him. 
We were only attempting to storm the place to find out the true situation of things when policemen who have been keeping vigil here repelled us. One of the youths was allegedly shot. And um, two vehicles, one a shuttle bus and another belonging to a... I don't know, like a, a Nigerian television station were vandalized. And the youth even stripped themselves naked to protest over shooting of their calling. And that's just the beginning of the story, Annie, because you'll hear more of some of the things that happened in the um, neighborhood and in the state um, in the city. Uh, after you know, as we move on to our next episode, because there will be a part two, yeah. so you will hear um, more what horrific. really happened and mm-hmm. some other crazy twists and turns. We'll see if the zeros were caught. Let's hope so, right? Mm-hmm. And see what happens there. And um, don't let me down, Gail. Okay, and so <laughs> be sure to stay tuned to part two of the Forest of Horrors. Oh wow! Okay, blows your mind, doesn't it? Just it, seven. It, it does. Years I'm kind ago. of speechless. I I just keep going through over and over in my head. This wasn't that long ago. I know. And, I know, and I know there are enlightened people in Nigeria. I know. But, but there still, obviously are still people that believe in those ritualistic uh-huh. and uh, uh, beliefs that human body parts are uh, somehow going to help them. Wow. Well, guys, that's all we have for today. Stay tuned for part two to the Forest of Horrors. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, we so appreciate you joining us and listening to us today. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. At... Hang on one second. Uh... I don't. I'm going to type this up oh, so she doesn't have to I read know, my right. handwriting. I have one pair of glasses on. I could really use two. Facebook is at Heroes and Zeros, a true crime podcast, and you can. And Instagram is Heroes and Zeros podcast. And you can check us out at our website at... Our website, of course, is www.heroesandzerostruecrime.com. Remember, heroes, O-E-S-A-N-D, and then zeros, truecrime.com. You can also email us at heroes to zeros and more at gmail.com. That's heroes, the number two, zeros, and more, A-N-D spelled out, at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can also donate to us. Oh, and speaking of donating, we have a new Patreon donor, Miss Amy Olson. Yay, Thank Amy! You. We love you, Amy. Amy, Amy, Amy. Amy, that means Amy subscribed, right? When you say she has yes. a donor, so she yes. subscribed for what? Uh, it's a uh, dollar a month. A dollar a month. A hey. simple thing that could buy us a cup of coffee before we... talk about these horrible people absolutely absolutely amy thank you and we're excited for more of you to join in and subscribe for just a dollar a month to listen to annie and i we want to thank you again for joining us and we'll talk soon bye bye
Thanks again so much for joining us, everyone. Be sure to stay connected with us on social media at both Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram is Heroes Zeros Podcast and Facebook Heroes and Zeros, a true crime podcast. And you can listen to our podcast episodes or support or donate money to us. And you can send us your stories and just a lot more at our website, which is Heroes and Zeros TrueCrime.com. Again, that's Heroes and Zeros TrueCrime.com. And you can email us also at Heroes to Zeros and More. That's the number two, Heroes to Zeros and More at Gmail.com. Exactly. And you can also support us at our Patreon site now, which is Patreon.com slash heroes zeros thank you everyone bye